to you. Um, I'm Steph and it's great uh, to be here speaking uh, to you guys today. Um, and so today we are going to round up our series of He Will Be. Um, so over the past four weeks we've been looking at four different names that have been given to God to describe who he is. Um, so the first week Eva came and spoke to us and she spoke to us about how God is the God Almighty, how he is Elohim in the, in the Bible language of Hebrew. And we saw how God created everything. And so he is mighty. He is in charge of it all. And Aoife challenged us to think about whether we put God as um, the authority in our lives. as we, uh, If we put him in charge of every aspect of our lives. And then the second week, Ross came and spoke to us about Yahweh Shalom. And how God, who is our peace. And um, God, uh, Ross talked about how God brings in peace to the world, how he brings in also um, wholeness and completion. And uh, Ross encouraged us to go and do the same. Then um, in the third week, Hannah came and spoke to us and she spoke about how um, God is the God who provides, Yahweh Jireh. Um, and God is our ultimate provider because he created um, the whole world and everything in it and he provides that for us. Um, and then Hannah challenged us to think about whether we trust God to provide for in our day-to-day -day situations um, and then last week Max came and spoke to us um, about how the God how, how God is our shepherd how he's our good shepherd or Yahweh Rohi um, and, and this picture of God being a shepherd being one who cares for us and protects us and guides us in life and today we're gonna round off this series um, looking at one last name of God um, this isn't the there aren't only five names for God, there are loads of names for God in the Bible. But we're going to uh, finish up looking at Yahweh Rofi, um, or the God who heals, or Rofi. I'm not actually sure entirely how you're meant to pronounce it, but it's something like that. The God who heals. Um, and God is first given this name in the book of Exodus. So the Bible is made up of 66 books, and Exodus is the second one, so it's right at the beginning. Um, it's most famous for the, the film The Prince of Egypt. Um, and basically the story in Exodus is where um, a country called Israel is enslaved by Egypt. And Egypt is um, a horrible oppressor. Uh, they, they force Israel or the Israelites into, into manual labor. They beat them, they, um, they oppress them. And to top it all off, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, orders that every baby boy, every Israelite baby boy is to be killed, is to be murdered. Because he's afraid that um, if Israel continues to grow, then they'll over, uh, overthrow him. And long story short, um, God saves the Israelites from their oppressors, from the Egyptians, um, by causing ten plagues or diseases to go into Egypt. And at the end of all this, the Egyptians are just like, right, we've had enough of the Israelites and all these plagues. We just want them out of Egypt. So um, the Egyptians um, escape Egypt. And uh, there's this scene where then they change their mind and they chase after Israel to, to try and capture them again. Um, and, and Israel are trapped in between the sea and the Egyptians and God's like, okay, we're gonna just move the sea. And, and God splits the sea in half and allows the Israelites to escape through the sea into the wilderness and desert. And they escape from Egypt, they're oppressors. And when they, when they get to safety, they start praising God and they thank him for, for rescuing them from, from their oppressor, from their, from their um, slave masters, if you like. And um, once, Egypt, uh, once Israel, sorry, are here, God gives them a promise and promises are really uh, important to God and they're a big deal to him 
Um, and he says this in Exodus uh, chapter 15, verse 26. He says, if you will listen carefully to Yahweh, your Elohim, or Lord, the Lord your God, if you will listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what he considers right, if you pay attention to his commands and obey all his laws, I, this is God speaking, I will never make you suffer any of the diseases I made the Egyptians suffer, because I am Yahweh Rafi, or for I am the Lord who heals you. So God has just promised them an amazing promise that the Israelites will never suffer the diseases that um, the Egyptians suffered if they follow him, and, and because he is the God, the Lord who heals and uh, throughout the Bible, this promise of, of healing um, comes up again and again and again. Uh, but not only that, God also actually does heal people in the Bible. But to begin with, the Bible sets out the problem. The Bible tells us um, that at the very beginning, humans, every human, turned away from God. And this caused problems because God is love, he is a light, and he is life. And when we turn away from God, we turn away from these things, and so we turn um, just to naturally because we turn away from them we turn towards darkness and death and destruction so because god is light and we turned away from him we turn to darkness because god is life and we turn away from him we turn to death and because god is love we turn and we turn away from him we turn towards hate and destruction and this um begins our own brokenness and this brokenness fuels more and more brokenness and we become trapped in this cycle that just becomes kind of self-perpetuating, ever-increasing suffering and brokenness. And the Bible makes absolutely no effort to cover this up. Like, the Bible is brutally honest about the realities of suffering, of the realities of pain in our daily lives and in the world um, as a whole. There is story after story of brokenness in the Bible. And there, there, there is murder. There is betraying and lying, there's adultery, there's abuse, war, poverty, disease, famine, and the list just goes on and on. And it is in this context that the Old Testament, that's the first part of the Bible, um, gives us a promise from God about God um, coming and healing all of that. That one day, God promises, one day he will heal all things. And these promises are given throughout the Old Testament. And sometimes a prophet, that's a messenger from God, um, comes and, and gives us a bit of proof or, or a little sign to point towards this great healing. Because sometimes uh, these prophets were able to heal people. And then in the second half of the Bible, that is the New Testament, Jesus comes on the scene and he's healing everyone, um, left, right and centre. And he's saying these healings are pointing to something way bigger that is coming. These little healings, they're pointing to a huge healing that is going to heal the whole universe, all this brokenness that is in the world right now. And, um, and Jesus had followers and, and he sent out his followers to, to go and proclaim this message um, of healing. And he, he sent them out with the power to, to heal as well. Uh, and so all this healing is, is growing and growing and building and it's looking forward to this day when God brings all brokenness and heals it all. He restores it all. And so the Bible says that God can heal. Um, the question is now, does he heal? Does he heal right now, today? And I believe that, yes, he definitely does. Um, but just most of the time, it looks way more normal than we might expect. 
So, um, for example, I believe that God uses the natural processes in our body to heal us. Um, like, so eight years ago, I broke my left arm. And to give you a picture of what it looks like, um, I wonder if you guys have seen Harry Potter, and in particular the second film, when um, he breaks his arm and then a, a teacher, a wizard teacher, comes over and like does a spell and all the bones in Harry's arm just disappear. <laughs> and, and Harry's left with this like weird floppy arm that he's able to like bend right back. Well, to give you a picture, my arm was a little bit like that. It was at a 90 degree angle. And I was, I was taken to hospital and the, the um, doctor put it back straight and he put a plastic cast over it. Um, and then six weeks later, my arm was healed. My arm was completely better. The bones had healed themselves. Like, yes, the doctor um, put a plastic cast on it and straightened it, but it was the bones themselves that healed themselves. So I believe that God has put the ability in our bodies to heal themselves. Um, another way I believe that God heals us is through medicine. And he, um, he heals us through, yeah, the scientific advancements and doctors and nurses um, that, that do this. And so my friend Sophie, she is a children's nurse in a paediatric intensive care unit. So that's where they treat the most poorly children. And I asked her if she has any stories um, about healing and um, she did. Um, so we're, we're gonna watch a video from Sophie, but just quickly to warn you, uh, her story does involve um, uh, child abuse. And so um, that's, that's a sensitive issue for, for some people. Um, but yeah, this is Sophie and this is, this is her story. I've been really blessed in my work to see amazing miracles, healing miracles um, of what God has been doing in this season. Um, everyone has found this season tough, but I think especially in healthcare, we've seen um, a rough side to COVID. Um, for me in children's, it has come through in a different way. So we've had very low cases of COVID, especially in intensive care. We haven't seen that many, um, but then it has affected children in a completely different way. Um, as a result of the consequences of COVID. So we've seen an increase in poverty and we've also seen an increase in childhood abuse. The case I'm going to talk about that Steph has asked me um, to share a story. This was the one that came to mind and it is a story about a child who came to intensive care as a result of child abuse. Um, their parents inflicted the abuse and they came to us in quite a bad way. Uh, they went to emergency surgery and were very unstable for the shift. Um, it was amazing for the team to all work together um, and just people of all different professions coming and using their skills um, to help stabilise this child. It was very touch and go and I remember leaving that shift um, and I just felt very sad for that child um, I felt very conflicted within myself as a Christian um, I always believe that Jesus has a heart for his children and especially the little ones I believe that he is there to protect them and I kind of felt like Jesus where were you where were you protecting them even the people you've set on earth to protect them they failed it they failed the child um, and I just felt really overwhelmed by that really saddened by that and I went home and I prayed about it and I got my family to pray for this one too um, and then I had a few days off and came back into work and I saw the child on their way to getting much, much better. And the little one was a completely different child to the one I had left on my night shift a few days before. And it was just amazing to see how God had healed this child physically, but also healed this child emotionally. This child had been put with a new foster family and was receiving better care because of that. A family who was going to love this child and adore them and um, hopefully bring them up in a way that was going to keep them in a safe environment 
um, I just remember coming home and feeling so overwhelmed at what God had done that actually because of prayer, because he is a good God, that um, this child was recovering and had a new lease of life. That actually in these dark times of COVID and as a result of that really dark time in this one's life, a positive was brought out of it and a new lease of life was given as a result of that really, really negative event. And I think that's really stuck with me going forward into this second lockdown that um, in these really negative times, God can bring such positives and such beauty out of things that have occurred and things that may look so horrible to us now. So thanks for listening um, and I hope it was a good story. And thank you to Steph for asking me to share. So as we saw just then, um, nothing supernatural really happened. Like nothing that we'd call a miracle happened. Sophie prayed and God worked through the doctors, worked through the nurses that were working with this child to, to bring uh, them back to health and, and to help them. And um, ma many people at this point would say, that, you can't say that was God. Like, um, it's just science. And yeah, I believe it was science, but it was like God gave us the ability to do science in the first place. He gave us brains that can problem solve and that can create and, and do science. And so I believe that that's God working through these doctors, through the science, through medicine to help this child get better. Um, but also, Sophie mentioned that uh, this child wasn't just hurt physically, but also emotionally as well. And so it's not just physical healing we're talking about. Um, we're, we're talking about emotional, all range of healing. And um, I believe that God can bring emotional healing, for example, through through a friend. Like, have you ever had a time when you've just been down and upset and, and a friend's come beside you and, and picked you up and, and just helped you carry on? Well, I believe that was God healing you through that friend. Why, why wouldn't it be? Like, if God is the God who heals, why can't God heal through doctors, through friends, through medicine? Um, and, um, yeah, so, so we can see all these things as a generous gift given to us from God. I do also believe in supernatural, miraculous healing, um, and I do believe that, that we should ask for that, and, and that does happen, um, but maybe not as commonly as these other things that I've listed. But at this point, a big question sticks out to me, particularly in the context of COVID that we're in at the moment, and that is that the Bible says God can heal. I've just listed ways that I believe God does heal. But why doesn't he seem to be doing anything significant? Like why doesn't he um, j just heal everything straight away? He's got the power. Why wouldn't he do it? Why is he letting us carry on in this pandemic? Why is he letting more and more people catch it? Why is he allowing more people to die of COVID? Why doesn't God just snap his fingers and, and heal everyone infected from COVID? I mean, it's not just COVID, is it? Um, there's so much pain in the world, whether that is pain caused by relationships and friendships, whether that is mental health illness or, or emotional pain or physical pain. We, we even live on a breaking planet like the climate is breaking and is causing more suffering. Uh, and th there's injustice and there's uh, poverty, bullying, there's isolation, there's loneliness. And the list just goes on and on of the broken things that need fixing and the hurting people that need healing. Why? Surely if God loved us and could heal us, he'd heal everything right now. 
Well, I'd like to suggest that perhaps something bigger is going on. And perhaps controversially, perhaps challengingly, hopefully it will be a challenge to you. I'd like to suggest that your comfort, your personal comfort right here and right now isn't God's primary concern. I believe that God is doing something way bigger. And I, I wonder if you if you noticed as I was listing those those ways that I believe that God does heal right now, they're all temporary. Like none of them are permanent fixes. None of them heal permanently. Like we could get healed by the doctors, but we're almost definitely going to get sick again. We could mend a friendship and later on another relationship would just break. And I mean, we could even be healed miraculously, supernaturally. God could click his fingers and every pain in our body, in our emotions could just go away. But sooner or later, we're going to get to a point where we die. We all die. And so even uh, those healings that appear permanent really aren't. I want to take you back to the story that I began this talk with of um, of the Israelites escaping Egypt, escaping their oppressors. And in the in the story, the night before um, Israel um, escape and are freed from the Egyptians who are trying to destroy them, God tells them that they have to have a special meal. And this special meal is called Passover. Um, and in this meal, what they were gonna, what they had to do is get a lamb. Um, kill the lamb, sacrifice it, and then take the the, lamb, uh, the blood of the lamb, sorry, and put it on the door frame of their houses. Then they uh, could cook the lamb, have a roast lamb dinner, and it would be delicious. But the point uh, of the of the meal was this: is that this was happening the night before God sent the last um, the the tenth plague into Egypt, and this plague was going to kill. This plague was going to kill every firstborn son of the Egyptians of the Egyptian families. And so the blood of the lamb on the door frames was to show that this is a house where Israel lives. This is a house where God's people live. And so the plague came over Egypt and all the Egyptians firstborn sons died. But not a hair on on any of the heads of the Israelites firstborn children um, was touched. All, all their firstborn children lived. And so the blood on the of the lamb on the doorframe, it, it was through that that they were set free. It was through the sacrifice of this lamb that they were able to escape their evil oppressor. And this all points towards Jesus. Jesus is referred to as the Passover lamb time and time again in the New Testament, that second half of the Bible. I wonder if you can see the similarities, right? Because the, Isra the Israelites were oppressed by Egypt. They were um, being destroyed by Egypt. And I explained earlier how humans are oppressed by our brokenness, how our brokenness gives birth to more brokenness. And this brokenness just keeps on piling up on us and it is destroying us. So just like the Israelites, we are oppressed. Christians call this sin and, and it says that we are oppressed by sin. We're trapped in this cycle. But then the Israelites sacrificed this lamb and through the, the, the blood of the lamb, we, uh, the Israelites were able to go free. And it's the same for us. When we turn to Jesus, he sheds his blood 
for us so that we can be free. Just like the blood of the lamb protected Israelites from plague, Jesus's blood, his sacrifice, protects us from the consequences of our own sin, of our own brokenness. And the consequences of this is death. Jesus's blood protects us from death. And so people say that surely God can't love us because he isn't healing everything straight away. I don't know why God doesn't heal everything straight away, but what I do know is that it cannot possibly be because God doesn't love us. Because God, because of his love for us, was willing to step down into our pain, into our brokenness, and experience it all himself as the person of Jesus. He felt mental and emotional brokenness as it came to the night before Jesus was killed. He broke down in tears and he was so anxious and stressed out and he was crying to God. He felt broken relationships as one of his friends betrayed him, as one of his friends essentially killed him and all his other closest friends just abandoned him on the day that he needed them most. And he experienced physical brokenness as well as he was whipped, as he, uh, thorns pierced his head, as his shoulders were dislocated, as um, nails were put through his hands and feet. And then he hung on that cross and suffocated and he was stabbed in the side. Jesus felt so much pain. He felt so much brokenness and he did it all because he loves you, all because he loves the human race, his children. And through his brokenness, by his wounds, we are healed. That's in Isaiah 53, verse four to five. Through his wounds, we are healed. Through his wounds, we are set free from the consequence of our sin. Through his wounds, we are set free from death. This is the bigger picture God has in store. He wants to set us free from death, not just our temporary suffering right now. He wants to set us free from everything, from all death, all pain, all suffering forever. That is what he is aiming towards. And so it might mean that right now we experience some suffering. It might mean that now we experience some pain. But through his wounds, something new is coming. After Jesus' death, he came back to life. New life burst forth from his death. And he promise, promises all of us that same new life. One where there isn't death, where there isn't suffering or pain or depression. God is healing everything, all heavens and earth. Every person who asks him, he will heal. And every part of you as well. God is in the process of healing everything. It might take a while and we might have to endure suffering. But one day, everything will be healed. And this is the God I believe in. This is his work. And so I'm going to follow him and I'm going to I'm going to partake in his work. And if you want to, this is the God that you can choose to, to serve and to work with, work alongside as friends. This is the God that you can turn to and call father. This is the, the God, the almighty one, the first and the last, the one who, who created everything in creation. This is, this is the God who, despite our biggest troubles, brings peace. This is our God, the, the one who knows all our needs and provides for us. This is our God, the good shepherd, the one who cares and protects us. This is our God who heals all brokenness and the brokenness of all creation. 
my question to you guys um, this week is will you accept this God to be your God? Will you partner with him in friendship to work um, for, for peace, to work for provision uh, to the needy, to work for shepherding and to work for healing all things? Will you ask God to be your God today? Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your healing power. Come Lord Jesus, I pray. And help us follow you every day. Amen.